This episode of Reasonably Spontaneous Conversations is brought to you in part by In Search of the New Compassionate Male. For more information, go to newcompassionatemale.com. Hello, Sassy. How are you this December 21 afternoon? (laughs) I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderfully. Thank you for for joining me today. Uh, As we were talking before in the in the green room while we were getting set to go on the air, all of your work, the work that you're doing is something that is so close to our heart here at the Tardon Media Network. And we know that this is the empowerment of women. This is the time when women are rising around the world, when we're getting a chance to do this. I, 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 I would like to go back into your history and give me some, some idea of the evolution of your consciousness uh, <laughs> into, into being who you were. Were you an artist in high school? Were you, who was this? Who, who was sassy in high school? Sorry, one of our foster cats just cro- uh, climbed up to my computer desk. Just welcome, yes. welcome yeah. the cat. Hi, Willow. Would you like to join us? She says maybe later. Um, okay. is, is she is she uh very very is she a witch uh no but she is a special needs foster cat and she's up for adoption if anyone would like to adopt her and her nice. sister um but yeah my history so i grew up in washington dc and in, in arlington virginia to be more specific and my mm-hmm. parents both work in the news and so my dad worked at cnn for over 20 years and I definitely followed in their footsteps and I would love going to work with them and, you know, getting to see all the behind the scenes stuff. I got to go to the White House when my dad was in the press there for the Clinton administration, which is really cool. And so I've known I've wanted to be a filmmaker since I was seven, although I don't think I called it that then. Uh, So I started TV production classes in third grade where I learned to edit tape to tape and kind of just built from there. I I directed plays in middle school and high school and, you know, had a one track mind of going to California for college, which is what I did. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I've been here ever since and kind of loving the ride, all of its ups and downs and everything in between has been a really cool and uh, eye opening experience to see how Hollywood has changed since I've been here, especially post Me Too movement and how it hasn't changed at the same time, but is is really doing a lot better in so many outlets. And so, I mean, yeah, that's basically a brief synopsis <laughs> of my past. Are you, are you seeing, I mean, to, to have women in leadership, because this, this is the difference. I mean, we, 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 women were in supporting roles. They could even star in a film, but to be able to get behind the scenes, to be able to get into that, into the decision-making, into the green lighting, getting into the network, this is still very much of a white male bastion. Are you seeing some of that change in the pitches that you're making and the work that you're doing? Are is there some some cracks in that? There definitely are, and uh, I have come across it in lots of subtle ways. Uh, the first one is that people actually want. <laughs> well, this one isn't so subtle. People want stories about women now. When I first started writing and making <sighs> movies, you know, back. 15 years ago mm-hmm. uh, in college and after that I got told all the time that no one would want to make this movie or finance it because it was about a woman 
got told that constantly that men buy the tickets and women just go to where the men want to go in the movies. And I always found that completely ridiculous because I'm like, even on dates, like we're splitting 50 50 or whatever, you know, it's not the man like making these choices. Um, and I've also noticed too, with a lot of like, I'm 35, but like I have, you know, friends who are in their early twenties and they're telling me totally different experiences than I had when I was in my early twenties as a PA at different mm -hmm. film production companies in a good way. Like there's things that I would tell them about, my previous experiences about how like at my first job uh there was a lot of great opportunity there but they never fostered anything i was doing while the male pas like one came in was like oh i'm starting to write a script and the ep's like oh great i can't wait to read it while he knows that i've done a web series and two features and all of these other things and doesn't care about anything that i have to say right it's like those types of things. But now my younger friends are telling me that it's different now. I mean, it's I'm sure it's not perfect across the board, but women are being taken seriously where it used to be where I would go and meet people at industry events. And the first question I'd be asked was, oh, so you're an actor, which <laughs> is great. And it's like, nope, you know, like actors are great. I'm engaged to one, you know, but like, what about me? Like, the first thing you're assuming my only purpose of being there is to be in front of the camera as an actor, where it's like yeah. there's many other roles in the film world that I could be pursuing or part of. And now that has changed, uh, definitely. I mean, I'm a little bit more well known now, like I have representation, which is really great. So now getting in the room, there's way less confusion, I guess. But, you know, it, it was very difficult before. And there definitely are cracks in the system now. And I'm even seeing in the content that's being produced, like, uh, like Spencer just coming out and I don't know, like even like West Side Story was like much more, I would say the women were very strong in it, you know, like there's yeah. the content is being very like women aren't just the backseat characters anymore. They're people with opinions. They are not necessarily dependent on a man. They have careers. They have the flaws, you know, where it used to be like women were just kind of a sheet, like That's just like just one beat. One dimensional, that, <laughs> yeah. it, just right there. Totally. So, I mean, it's really cool to see. Did you have, Sassy, when, how does that impact the content that you've been working on in the past couple of years? Because you have some wonderful series on, on, on reproductive rights and birth control and the work that you're doing. So can you, can you talk about the evolution of yourself as a writer and, and director and, and the directions of the things that make you curious? Oh, definitely. I mean, when I first started, my first feature film was a, a rom, a, a romantic uh, drama, I guess a little bit of comedy, but, mm -hmm. you know, it was pretty by the book. And I was afraid of uh, doing things too differently, especially in terms of politics and leaning too far in one direction, because I'm already locked out of the room. So, you know, why would I want to like, add more hurdles to what I was trying to overcome. And then as things have changed and as I've become more confident as a writer, I kind of just don't care anymore. I'm like, if they don't like it or agree with it, you know, then I don't want to work with them. Like, you know, but if they like it and don't agree with it and they still want to work with me, that's great too, you know, but it's like, I, I feel much more confident in what I'm doing. And also if I'm told by someone, people aren't going to watch this because it's about a woman or, you know, whatever the excuse, I'm like, that's not true. There are plenty of TV shows and movies out there now that have ton of viewership, you know, and mm -hmm. that I think that it's, it's really great. And even I was doing the sizzle reel, like for the releasing next month, and I was so much more 
emboldened to do more shots of women in my reel. Whereas like before I would try and have like a very equal balance and it's not necessarily cutting the men out of the picture, but these stories are the protagonists are women. So most of the shots about previous films would be on them. Right. And so it was really cool for me when I, when I was editing it, I didn't intend to do that. But when I looked at the first draft, I was like, okay, I like this. Like this seems way more authentic to the actual stories than in the past where I was like very concerned of being like, okay, we have to show that there's men in the picture. You know, we have to show that this, like this type of thing. And so now it's just like, I feel, I just feel more authentic, you know, and feel much more relaxed and confident basically. That's, that's terrific to, to hear Sassy, because one of the things that we're doing now in, in our, in our roles is to be able to see that the confidence that you have because that's the only missing ingredient is that you yes. have the confidence to be able to bring it up. But when yes. you're second guessing yourself, when you're constantly sitting there and going, mm, is this right? Am I not? Th then then that really impacts you, you in the creative process. 100%. I totally agree with that. And it's and it's, you know, it's it's a frustrating that women aren't a lot of them aren't even given the opportunity to find that confidence within themselves mm -hmm. to write these things because maybe they're never encouraged to it or maybe like me I, I grew up in the world of tv with my parents and saw women behind the scenes and so I always knew going into any situation I'm like I have just as much right to be here as anyone else so when some executive invites me to a pitch meeting and just stares at my boobs the whole time I'm just like you know what? Like, that's not going to discourage me because you're just an asshole. Uh, I mean, sorry, I shouldn't say that. But like, actually, that, that, actually, we are we are a full spectrum uh, word <laughs> network. So we, 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 we go all parts of the English language. We love them. So please feel free to, to do that. But that's right. I mean, that that's part of the one of the things that that I'm that I'm interested in is, is that mm, it appears to me that that there is a difference in the emotional intelligence between men and women across the board, just in general. And so that 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 what we're dealing with is that we you have to help to bring us up by having the kind of content we can go up to rather than coming down and talking down to us. Yeah, I, I can definitely get behind that. I mean, it's just a different outlook on the world that women and men have just because of the way we're raised you know yep. you can say some of it's biological ingrained in us and a lot of it's just society telling us certain things and I found that as a woman you know I have I still to this day will have to prove myself I know a little bit more than yep. a man does or like ex answer an extra email or you know what I mean like little things mm -hmm. like that that really add up and I think that the women that can power through that and still have their eyes on the prize are so strong, um, especially women who've gone through way more than I have, you know, the, in terms of being discriminated against or obstacles or things like sure. that, that I, I just feel like there's so much value in what they have to contribute to the conversation, whether it be through art or science or politics or whatever, that I think is great that, I mean, I agree with you, instead of them bringing down what they're saying to everyone else, we should be listening to what they've, they're saying because they've Thank gone you. through so much to get to even say that in the first place. I need, we, we need that because we need your voices. So what kinds of things, what kind of projects are on your front burner right now? The things that you're bringing out, the things that you've just worked on, can you talk about them for a little bit, please? 
Yeah, sure. So right now, the most recent thing I worked on is a digital series called How to Hack Birth Control. Or I should say that's the pilot episode. Um, mm -hmm. It uh, We just had a few private screenings the other month, and it went over very well, which is very exciting for me. It's a comedy, but also educational, uh, educating women on reproductive rights. And it's just literally about how to hack birth control where can you get it for free what does this type of birth control do to your body how much is this going to cost what should i do if a guy pressures me to not use a condom There's things that some things that i wish i had known and then things that friends have come to me and asked me about and i've been very shocked with the lack of sex education uh in this country because i i feel like i had a really robust sexual education like my parents put me in specific classes and things to ask questions and learn and because of that people have always kind of like gravitated to me for advice for whatever yeah. reason and it's just kind of ah, it still shocks dr. me dr sassy right exactly like one of the crew members even she read the script and she was like i didn't know i could go to planned parenthood and get birth control on uh based on my paychecks so she went and got one of uh, the birth control patch for free then now she's on it, you know, and she was just like, I had no idea that this is something that I could do. And that is very important to me. And so birth control is uh, just entering the festivals. We're going to start hearing back from them next month through the entirety of next year. <laughs> and uh, we're also with my management team, we're developing three different series. And one of them is the how to hack series. So I'm going to write how to hack climate change, how to hack voting rights, you know, that type of stuff. How to hack evolution is one I'm very interested in because I a total nerd like i'll geek out on pbs science documentaries like any day of the week you know wonderful yeah wonderful. and then and then there's two other uh dramas that we're developing as well um one is called weedland which is based on a pilot that i did a few years ago and the other one is called true perfection which is actually based on a film i did 10 years ago and it was funny when they asked me uh you know because i'm talking about how to hack and they're like do you have anything else like maybe that we can kind of develop? And I was like, yes, I have a whole bag here. <laughs> you know, would you like this kind or this kind? And it was just really invigorating for me, for the management team to be like, oh my God, this is such a great idea. We need to pitch this and we need to refine that and do that. And so basically I envisioned the first half of next year, I'm going to be writing a lot, <laughs> pitching a lot, and then mm -hmm. hopefully going to a lot of festivals. And that's where you can see birth control at all of these places around the country hopefully and then it'll get distribution or the how to hack series gets picked up and then you get to see it on your screen you know God, how wonderful. <laughs> sassy where do you where do you get your creative juice uh we're, we're talking about that because we have the entire process because both both renee and i are in the production process so sure. we know everything from from word to publish you know and, and then that entire process and and i love now that we're nonlinear, I love that you were saying tape to tape. I mean, I don't know if you've ever broken a control track or done something like this and, and, and going, <laughs> oh, shit. All right. We have to go all the way back to the beginning and assemble it forward from. All right. That, that's just for us. For I'm 73 and you're 35. But we we actually know this. Other other people sure. will go, I have no idea. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. Like to spend the time digitizing too. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. So where did you where do you find your creative juice in the process from the word to the to the shooting to the casting to the editing? Where where are the different places where you where it really inspires you? I mean, 
I can be cliche and say all of it. I mean, mm-hmm. but like one thing I have come to love recently is the post-production process. I uh, edited, you know, back in high school and middle sure. school and growing up. And then I stopped in college because they made us learn Avid and I hate <laughs> Avid. So I basically was like, I'm not going to do this. And I had a, I, yeah, I had a, a friend who was an editor and he, he and I worked together for a while and then he started moving up in his career. And I ran into this, this, you know, wall of being like, Oh, well, I have to find an editor now. And I tried a couple people that I, I didn't quite like. And I was like, well, I used to edit, you know, like how hard can it be to relearn? And it, and it wasn't that hard. And so now I edit all my own work, which I would never do without at all. I I love editing my own work and with birth control, especially because I've been doing a lot of social media commercials over the past couple of years for big brands. And that has taught me a lot about marketability and different tricks that you can do in post-production to save money. And so I was really excited with birth control to dive into that with the GFX, with the sound design, with the music score and all of that. And so I would say that maybe even 40% of birth control was just done in post-production. And while I love shooting, like, you know, that is maybe the the best thrill, right? It's so (laughs) exhilarating. It's so exhausting. It's so confusing and fun at the same time. But like now knowing how much you can mold in post-production is kind of equally exciting to me. And especially in the pandemic and now like not being able to be around people as much and really utilizing the resources that are available now uh, to filmmakers and any filmmakers, low budget filmmakers is mm-hmm. so much easier to access than it used to be even 10 years ago to get subscriptions to Premiere or what have you or get GFX. Like things are just much more buildable and at your fingertips than uh, before, which is really cool to me. You know, I, it, it, even though we know, look at the power in your smartphone that you have right. now that that just 10 years ago would have been astonishing you know we would have had to have a <laughs> yeah. frame to be able to do it will not be that long before you're going to have access to digital actors i know and that's you know it's funny with birth control too so we did all the auditions online and i have been very opposed to online auditions up until this point but you know we had to because we did the auditions of august of 2020 yeah. so things weren't in person at that time And I didn't realize how great it was to do that. Like there is something invaluable about working, uh, like auditioning people in person because you can really get a read on their energy. And you, of course, can't screen test two people together really over Zoom to see how they vibe together. Mm -hmm. But if you know what you're doing and what you're looking for, I think that especially now because of the quality of recordings people can send you, like you said, on your phone or on your computer. It's not like the crappy like quality that they used to be. And I saw like actors, I was very impressed with many of the actors audition tapes, like they did little edits in it, little sound design stuff, you know, like things that caught my attention and saw that they were serious and knew what they're doing. And so it's like things I would look for in person auditions to gather that information you can now get, but just in a different way altogether. So I guess I'm pro online auditions and rehearsals now. I mean, we did half and half for birth control. And that was the first time I ever done something like that. And I I think it was great. I I loved every second of it. It's wonderful because necessity is a mother. Yes. And and it does require to push you. Mm -hmm. Can you look back at, uh, at Sassy five years ago and look at your 
confidence levels in the kinds of things that you are willing to, to step into as a difference to where I mean, can can you look at it as an arc development of your of your confidence and of of where you're going? Yeah, one hundred percent. Like even five years ago, definitely not where I am now. But I feel like that was when the point where I started really kind of like opening the box to develop to where I am now. What I found even before that with my earlier work that with my writing, I would hide a lot behind comedy, like avoid dealing with tough questions by just sort of glossing over it and moving on. And I think that a lot of that was me being afraid of people viewing my films and being like, oh, it's just another like dramatic woman's piece about dramatic women problems. And, <laughs> you know, like I actually got that a lot. It's like kind of nuts. Cause I'm like, men don't have dramatic men problems. <laughs> like, come on. Uh, you any, know? Any, anyone that knows me and, and right now you can see Renee Jaworski, our director and my, as the CEO is right now cracking the <laughs> right now about, because we, 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 we have a thing about, uh, you know, two drama Queens walk into a relationship. So, so it, it really, so it's not a, yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, even though birth control is a comedy, I definitely didn't shy away from dealing with very, sensitive hot button issues and with that it was almost like knowing how i hid from things in the past and being like i'm just going to do the direct opposite of it now and address it <sighs> head on and it's been really cool to kind of experience that personal growth myself and now that's why i'm also excited to write these two dramas that we're coming up with because i really like to go back and forth like before birth control, I did a short film Fear actually that was a comedy, but it was like kind of a political humor thing. But then We Land was a drama before that. So it's like now I want to do maybe like two dramas and then a comedy, yeah. you know, just to keep building. Sure. How do you how do you keep your workload at a balance to where to where, <laughs> you know, where, you know, because because going to add another one. Wait a minute. There are two more that we're going to be coming out. So, so we know that you have some some. Uh, balance in your in your life yeah uh that took a lot of time and work let me tell you uh when i was first starting i did not have that work balance and you know go kind of all over the place where someone's mm -hmm. like oh I, I i need to write that but oh my god i have to update that website or i have to update this and then like things just wouldn't get done now i've learned the very important sort of proverb of how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time you know and so it, yeah exactly and so it's just i still have to do it even today like I'll, I'll be oh, working yeah. on something and then I'm like, oh, but I really want to do that. I'm like, uh -uh, nope, I have to finish this first before I can jump into that. And that oh. just took a lot of training and a lot of messing up and like, you know, not getting things done and then just realizing like, okay, what can I do differently? And it really is just kind of, especially I've been freelancing now for like almost 10 years and that mm -hmm. has taught me a lot about how to balance things, how to deal with relationships. And because I find freelancing is, uh, don't hate me, freelancing is easy if you know how to do it. If you don't know how to do it, it's the most difficult, stressful, painful, like never get paid thing ever, which is right. And that's, that's basically the first few years I had with freelancing because yeah. I just didn't know how to like how to look straight ahead and be like, okay, this is it. And yep. now it's just through, I don't know, a lot of self-growth and talking to foster cats and, you know, mm -hmm. having a supportive fiance and my family always being there for me and friends that are great. You know, it's just like, you, if you, if you stick to 
one goal, you know, and you can have subsets of the goal, but it's like mm -hmm. with, with birth control, it was this past year is like, I am just working on birth control. That's, that's it. I'm just editing this. There are other things that came up that was like, oh, like I need to do a new sizzle reel. I need to do this, whatever. It's like, no, finish this. And it pays off so much more because then you have something that's finished and then you can move on to your next thing. Okay. I want to be, I'm, I'm going to learn from you and with you because what <laughs> I tend to do, I mean, if, if we take a hundred percent of the time and I right. go 5% 20 times, I don't get anything done. Exactly. So taking that, taking that focus, it's the same energy. Right. I still burn up this exact same time, but <laughs> yes, I don't get anything. Do. I don't get anything right. completed. Right. So it's like right now we're working on these uh, story Bibles of these three shows that we're going to be mm -hmm. pitching, but it's like, I am starting now just on the one show and that's all I'm going to work on for the next two to three weeks. I'm just going to get it done. And there are other things, there are little things in there that I know that will be able to edit this little thing and do that little thing. But my main focus for the next three weeks is this, and then it's moving on to the next one. And it's mm -hmm. like, yes, I won't be able to update social media as much, or I won't be able to do some other things as much, but it's like, this is it because then it's done. And then I get to do all those other things, you know, exactly. as soon as it's finished. So that's, you have, you have to remember that. <laughs> how, as you're beginning to move into the executive level, because you're, you're, you're getting a chance. How is the control freak? Uh, opportunity to be able to deal with having to to have your hands in every single little thing. I mean, you know, there's a lot that I love about it. I I, I started writing my own scripts because I had to, first of all, <laughs> because in film school, it was all men, you know, yep. for the most part. Uh, this little segue, but I, I brought a friend's cousin to a film class at Chapman where I went, like just, to, she was looking at colleges. And I told her before we walked in, it was a professor I had, it was like directing 400 or something like that. And I was like, I don't know what it's like now, but when I went to film school, the class was like this, there's maybe 12 kids, 10 were men, and there was two women, one was a lesbian or would become one. And one was the artsy <laughs> chick who no one paid attention to. And we walked in and she looked at me and laughed because that was exactly the dynamic in this, in this film class, like, you know, almost 10 years later. So it, I started writing my own stuff because I didn't have other people that I could turn to. And the same thing with editing. I started editing my own stuff because I wasn't finding people that I meshed with, mm -hmm. but there is a huge part of me that like, I will send every single cut, every single script out to specific people for constructive criticism. Always. I, I understand. I was even talking to one of my managers last night about it. I was like, I'm just one person. I have one outlook in the world and I see things one way. And if you come to me and be like, this isn't apparent in, in this, this scene or whatever, I'm just like, oh, you're right. You know, like, because to me, it is to me, Thank I you. can, right. But it's Our like blind spots. We, we, right, exactly. we have all and kinds of as human beings. Totally. And it's not, it's not about getting feedback from everyone because not everyone knows what they're talking about and not everyone is doing it to help you. Mm -hmm. A lot of people try and tear you down. So you kind of have to like figure out who's actually giving you constructive criticism. And so as like, I like to have creative control, but I also mm -hmm. extremely welcome and require feedback for every step of the process. Wonderful. And even with like shooting, with working with the DP or the sound guy or whatever, like I will say, I trust your judgment. Just get to where we have to go in 45 minutes. I don't mm -hmm. like however you do it. 
I trust you. I know you can do it. And then they, they do it. Right. And then they like working on my sets because I'm not there like breathing down their neck, like do it like this, do it like that, because it's all a collaborative process, right? The film production in wow. general, it's not just about the director and it's not just about the writer. Like nope. it's about everyone involved. And I've seen a lot of directors kind of stumble and fail miserably when they're just like, this is my thing. And everyone is here yep. for me. And this it's like, no, everyone's here to make a movie. You're just the one who That's happens right. to be in charge. <laughs> it, just happened, it, it just happens to be part of the part right. of this process for all of us to be able to. Totally. I, I love the collaborative process to me. Yes. To me, uh, I prefer doubles to singles. Yeah. I prefer bridge <laughs> to chess. Mm -hmm. I lo I love I love the idea of that 1 plus 1 is greater than 2 sure. rather than solo auteur this is my vision and every single piece is right there. Mm -hmm. and, and that's one of the things that I love about when I work with women and when I continue to when we continue to work in this process is that there's a natural collaborative that I have found when I yeah. work with women that I have not found when when I work with men. In general, I mean, that's a generality, but I'm totally. just giving you the, yeah. No, because I think that women, like, you know, uh, like inherently in our DNA, like I'm not, I'm not saying this at all, this is our purpose, but women are mothers. Sure. We raise children and yep. we are thought to think not just about our best interests, but the interest and health and well-being of others. Whereas yes. men are kind of brought up from a young age of just like, I'm a man, <laughs> like I'm just going to do the man things. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And so like, whether or not you have kids or whatever, I found women just to kind of there it's easier for them to see the other side of an opinion yeah. you know the other side of a story than it can be inherently for men that's not to say that men can't and that no. men don't but but this you know, is this is what i'm talking what we, yeah. we were talking about before the show sassy is that that it's not just it's not a question of of oh isn't it nice we're going into diversity inclusion isn't it just <laughs> yeah. wonderful that we're being because it's just a goddamn good idea it's yeah a good business idea this is the business model no single person can make it now because the people that are making it are the people that are bringing uh, a diverse into into the into the the uh the the um executive suite they're bringing diverse ideas you're being able to see things from different points of view this is the only way we're going to succeed yeah i mean like you i i look at a lot of earlier content from hollywood and and i love I love classic movies, but so many of them get repetitive, right? It's like the same beats, the same type of characters, and they're funny or they're shot great or whatever, yep. but it's like, it's the different ones that will really engage you. And even thinking about like humanity in general, humans, the reason we evolved as a species is because of diversity, because of yes. adding more people to our gene pool. That's the only way we could survive. Like I even think about uh, in Australia talking about, you know, the people there, the Aborigines from way back in the day, they were saying, you know, they should have died out, but they didn't because they had a vast trade network where they were meeting new people and marrying Thank people you. outside of their family, their gene pool, because if you obviously marry within your family, yep. you're born with defects and then, you know, it goes away. Yep. You, you weed out those lines, but they survive. You get to be survive. the English Tudor kings. Exa exactly. And, yeah. and the, the Aborigines survive because of diversity. And I think that content is the exact same way. <laughs> it's the only yes. way that we're going to evolve and grow as a society and also capture people's interests because film is in a very weird place right now, uh, you know, as is music. 
because of the pandemic, because people not going to the movies as much, people watching things on their phones, you know, and the younger generation isn't like, they're kind of just not having it. You know what I mean? Like when yes. I think about like climate protests, gun protests, or the George Floyd protests, like the younger generation is kind of like, stop, like get out of here. Like <laughs> this is already done. You know what I mean? And so no. now we have to figure out as uh, like, as an industry, how to continue making content that will drive the audience to the theater or mm -hmm. to the streaming box or wherever, because, you know, the younger audience, you know, they're not watching the Irishman as much. I love that movie, but like, yep. you know, there's Martin Scorsese was disappointed with the first weekend, whatever. It's like, yeah. Cause you're asking people to watch like three and a half hours on their phone, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> And then where are you going to go? All right. right. Well, I, I want to talk a, a little bit here, here at the end because I could actually am going to invite you to, uh, to have to continue the conversation if you're willing to do that. Of but, course. The, but I want to talk about evolution because you, it's really it's really interesting because I'm thinking about back when the bonobos and the, and the chimpanzees and this and what was the imperative, the imperative to move to hominid? What was that? What was that imperative that 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 pushed them? To, in order to be able to do that. And then I go 3 million years down the road and it feels to me that there's a shift in consciousness, that something is happening, that we are going through another evolutionary. Now, it may, only, it may be 1.000, whatever, but something appears to be happening. Yeah, I mean, I think with, with technology and everything that as a human race that we're going through right now with the pandemic, with climate change, that there's definitely a growth and a very obvious pushback that's happening to that growth right now. I mean, always. You know, yeah. And you, you go back to the, the history of humanity and the human race. And you're talking about that step. It's like the, it, it came down to survival, right? They, they needed to know how to stand up. They needed mm -hmm. to know how to get the, the stuff from the higher parts of the trees and to run. That was part of the thing. They had to learn how to outrun things. And so as we evolve as a species, we have to survive. And right now there's a lot of really bad things going on, but there's also a lot of really positive things going on. And I think it'll be very interesting mm -hmm. to see how the next decade in particular unfolds because they keep talking about, you know, 2040, 2050 being the, the point for climate change and like all of this crazy stuff. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that uh, as a, as a race, we're very, we we're smart enough to have made it this far. <laughs> we're smart enough to, to have invented technology and, you know, yeah. beat out all the other species as the most populated one on the planet, you know, aside from insects and all of that. So like, you know, I, I feel like we will overcome this. It's just yeah. how much pain do we have to go through exactly. to get to that inevitable point? I know? was just wondering, one of the things that I was thinking about was, was when when artificial intelligence uh, wakes up, I think yeah. one of the first things that the, that it will say is, "What do you mean by artificial?" I could definitely see that happening. I mean, I I am afraid and also so excited for where we're going with technology, Me right? Too. With, with AI. I mean, I'm I'm pretty against the whole metaverse thing that Mark Zuckerberg seems to be hung <laughs> up on because I'm like, isn't this reality tough enough? Like, we need a second one to have to deal with. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it isn't hard enough. Right. Let's put another reality. Right. Exactly. But I mean, social media inherently, I I I still love it. I loved it when it first came out. It made my first film, my first feature film happen. It wasn't called social media then, but we raised all our money online through PayPal because Kickstarter mm -hmm. and Indiegogo weren't a thing yet. And we did 
you know, vlogs and we did, we posted photos and people were very interested in it. And I think that social media is such a great way to spread change and art. I mean, you look at the revolution in Egypt and, you know, all done through Twitter, but then you have this opposite side of it, of the nefarious people using it for such evil to quite literally brainwash people. It, it's a, it's a two-edged sword. Totally. Like anything, like any technology. Right. It's a two-edged sword on on how, it, we, and I think of it like, like a scalpel or a knife in the hands of a surgeon would save a life that same scalpel in the hands of a murderer is going to take a life. Yeah. But it's the same scalpel. It's not 100%. It's how do you use that tool? Yeah. And, and just being able to uh, like hopefully better educate people like so that people can find fake news and understand right away that it is fake news. Like, you know, right. more than clickbait, that type of stuff. And, you know, unfortunately, not a lot of people do that, or at least half the country isn't doing that, right. you know, but like, uh, I still think I, I like to look for the good in things. I, I do too. Because we, I mean, because we, 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 I believe we have to do that. That is our imperative because it's mm -hmm. always easy. Well, that's one of the things when I, when I look at legislation and all, it is easy to say no. A toddler yes. can say no and dig in her heels and just go, no, I'm not going. But the minute you say yes, you have now up level the level of complexity because it requires you to do something totally 100 i agree with you completely <laughs> yeah. uh, sassy what a pleasure to get a get a chance to meet you at this time in your life i, I got a chance you, you can look her up joan tewksbury i got a chance to to interview her when i did reasonably spontaneous conversation back in 1979 it was a lovely i'm so sorry that the that my tape of it doesn't exist she has a tape of it, but but and Pam Dixon and a number of the people in in uh, in in Hollywood that I got to inter interview back on black and white three quarter inch tapes, so you know, cool. and here we have yeah. <laughs> that that we have out there. But to get a chance to meet you now and to see the kinds of work that you're doing, you're cut from exactly the same cloth. This is this is this is the legacy of what you're doing. I'm very proud to have met you, and I'm so glad that that Renee and and, and Nadine Jolson, uh, that that wonderful light, brought us together, and that Renee uh, produced this for us so that we could get an opportunity to be able to meet. Yeah, thank you. It's so nice of you to say that. Like, I, I can't appreciate that enough because I just really want to help inspire other women to to do what I'm doing or do greater than I'm doing, you know, because there's Absolutely. so many talented women out there that deserve to be heard. And so just thank you for having me. Oh, it is <laughs> my pleasure. Great. And well, I'm I'm going to piggyback on that too because i'm going to take your inspiration and i'm going to take that too so uh, me and all the other women will be standing out there standing out there and going thank you <laughs> thank Amazing. you sassy all right sassy we'll see you again and thank you everyone for tuning into reasonably spontaneous conversation and we'll see you next time this episode of reasonably spontaneous conversations has been brought to you in part by in search of the new compassionate male for more information, go to newcompassionatemail.com.